Hey guys, welcome to the Casey Catch-Up. I'm stoked to get Jacko, who's had a, a cracker of a summer with some epic results, winning the Blue Water Classic, but also having a pretty good battle with Kane for Maui to Molokai. So, so welcome back, Jack. Stoked to have you on. Yeah, James, how's it going? Thank you for having me, and I'm happy to be back on the show talking. Yeah, that's, um, I've been in Australia, I've got a, just a young, young um, son who's just sort of soaking up all that family time, but I'm you know, we were talking about maybe going to Hawaii and we decided to do a bit of a road trip up the east coast of Australia and um, I did a few races up in Cairns and, um, you know, some awesome downwind zones. But, you know, there was lacking the the foil froth community and, and the downwind scene over in Hawaii this year has looked unreal. So I've been um, sitting on the sidelines yeah. just watching. I mean, we've, we've our, our crew, we've kind of foiled with everyone on social media already he does the downwind stuff you know like all the north shore lifeguards um john john nathan kai our little voyager squad but we're we're missing you casey james yeah. casey so <laughs> we've been wanting to uh we've been waiting for you to come over to hawaii to get some runs in with us and experience like our vibe so that that's much needed um i i recommend you to come and join us yeah it's, it's on the list next i think next overseas trip is almost guaranteed to be hawaii at least in the next 12 months so um i, I can't nice. wait to have the voyager hospitality and hopefully get some good bumps yeah sweet yeah so i want to dive in let's let's go chronologically i guess um let's start with the racing because um maui to molokai looks like it was a, an epic epic run um kane sort of described it as a little bit light for for maui standards but um it looks like it really turned on in the middle there um talk us through you know, what equipment you're using and, and how you prepared for, for your first, that's your first channel crossing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, a little light on Maui standards. I like how you use that. It was pretty bombing the entire way, in my opinion. <laughs> and I think anyone would agree, but, um, I've wanted to do a channel crossing on the foil since I learned how to downwind, which was like two years ago. Mm -hmm. So since 2000, after seeing the 2019 Molokai to Oahu with, um, Kai and Jeffrey, it kind of got me inspired. So I got in the sup, thought it was going to be like a one week transition. I'm going to end up killing it and realized how humbling it is to even learn how to do the whole sup thing. So that kind of set me back. And then on top of that, they weren't having it that year because um, COVID was like in full effect. And then, so that was 2020 and 2021 last year, we all thought it was going to go and we were all getting better at the sup. But like we weren't like really good. We were just, our goal was to just like rush it and just send it. So thankfully they did not hold any events again, 2021. 20, and then um, this past year we kind of nailed it with our crew and got all the flat water starts down, all the bump starts, and got confident where the sup is not a problem anymore and we can just do it one speed. So being confident with our skills, and then luckily um, Molokai was kind enough to host everyone when we came because the, the big deal was with COVID Molokai didn't want everyone on the Island and out of respect, since they have a small community with like no hospital, we didn't want to go over and like have an international crew of people from all over the world, get this little Island community sick. Mm -hmm. So now that COVID is kind of like laying back here, um, everything's kind of back to normal. So luckily we were able to have that event. And of course I was, I had to sign up for it as my first channel crossing as my first inner Island connection. Really. It, it was a pretty amazing experience. 
Yeah, so I guess the, the biggest question for me, I guess, is is how do you deal with the the distance? Like, because have you did you train and do the what is it? It's like 40, 45 kilometers. It's like what 20, 20 something miles. Twenty twenty six or twenty seven, arguably. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, being on an island, if you imagine like your whatever shaped island, let's say it's like this, you either have this stretch of coast right here, or you have this stretch of coast right yeah. here. And you can't you can't go all the way around the island. So, um, our our winds come from the north east northeast in the summertime. So it's it's really just uh, east to west we can go. And on Oahu, the farthest you can go is, I want to say seventeen to twenty miles on the north shore. So that's Turtle Bay to Mokalia. Yeah. And but that that needs a certain wind direction. And then like in town where I live and where most of us do our downwind runs, the farthest you can go is maybe twelve. Yeah. So like it, it was, it was a challenge, like figuring out like what to do, but luckily um, Kahi, Himana and I all went to Hood River in June. And uh, for those of you who, who've been to Hood River or live there, basically uh, when Hood River isn't good, you can go out East and get stronger wind, correct? Yeah. So we went, we went out East to Arlington and, uh, had a two days of just cranking wind and Matt Elsasser told us about this 26 mile downwind run from, uh, Blalock, Blalock, whatever they call it all the way to uh, three miles. So for all the hood river, Oregon guys listening, Blalock to three mile, we did 27, 26 miles or something. And that was pretty good because that was the farthest I've ever gone unfoiled. Like that was my first time I've ever gone that far. Yeah. And it was, interesting for me to see what standing on your feet for that long feels like and it was like a little bit over two hours because hood river or the columbian river is just basically flowing against you so you're going really slow yeah bumps are epic, so that was like a, slow <laughs> yeah the bu- bumps are epic but like you think you're going 20 miles an hour mock speed but really you're not like distance velocity yeah. i guess it, I like guess it doesn't take into good, account like, the water going against you, you know? So if you're like sort of yeah, yeah. in the water against you, plus the speed you're going, you're probably going as quick, if not quicker than like Hawaii, but you know, GPS is only tracking how fast you're moving and that current's stopping you. So it's. Yeah. So like the GPS, like our average or actually no, our top speeds were like 13 miles per hour, 12. Yeah. Right. And I, I don't know what that is for you guys, your yeah. kilometers, but um, basically in the ocean, we would go much faster. So yeah. that was the first time we did that far. And then um, I came home a month later, like right before the event was going to happen. We uh, got a crew and did um, Turtle Bay to Mokalia, which is 20 miles. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so we, you, we figured like, yeah, you had we the got case. a feel for that and it worked out good. Yeah. So you had the caves in your legs. So you, you have, and that was all sort of, you did those longer runs in preparation for um the pilolo yeah for sure like i had pilolo in mind and uh we wanted to just see what it's like being up on foil and originally i was the only one to do it and then i think once we uh went 20 miles eric sturman and simeon realized like hey this is not that hard like on our legs like we can do it if the conditions are right so we waited for the wind forecast and like once they saw that the wind was going to be good they signed up and didn't know escort yeah right and, 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 but you, you Which, had an escort, yeah. right? 
yeah, I'm an escort. I have my crew since 2019. We've been trying to do it. So it's like, it wasn't just a me thing. It's my friend's dad who was my escort and he's been wanting to do it since 2019. Yeah. My dad's been wanting to be on the boat. We've been wanting to film something and it, it worked good because um, Lyft sponsored the entire event and uh, funded a cameraman and funded video opportunity for that. So it was like for fun, but we were also like got insane content from it. Yeah, it was a photo shoot as well as a race. How good's that? Yeah, it was. It was kind of an everything. It was for me, for Lyft, for uh, publicity purposes with video, and then for my friend's dad who wanted to drive his boat across the channel, and my friends, his kids, which is my best friend. Him and all his friends came and they went diving on Lanai. Um, the day before so it was like it was a like a big group effort and we all had a lot of fun oh that's so cool it's a full-on adventure and i guess that'd been in the making since 2019 so but just stoked to get it done yeah it felt so awesome and it was an all boys trip we all went and we just like it, it was just super fun and everyone got everyone enjoyed each part of it even though it was mainly for myself which sounds a little selfish but um, they got to dive and you know everyone yeah. got to enjoy it yeah it's tricky because i know exactly it's, it's an individual sport you know the, the the downwind paddling but it does especially for the channel crossings it takes an entire team and um yeah. i know from you know organizing that how much work goes into it and um how good it is when you finally get the conditions and 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 it is it's a team event but sort of centered around the person doing the the run so congrats man uh-huh, yeah thank you um, I wanted to dive into the race because it looks like from all reports, you and Kane had a had a pretty good battle. He, he was speaking pretty highly of the speeds you were moving, especially early on. I think right at the end, it got a little bit light on. Um, but how did the legs pull up and, and how hard could you feel you could go? Um, another thing I want to talk about is like, you know, um, I guess for my like 12-hour run, I was really taking very, um, I guess... Uh, cons- conservatory lines like yeah not, not attacking because you know i'm there for 12 hours whereas for a two-hour race that's sort of a distance you can almost like really sprint and you know the up and overs the bumps like up and overing bumps that's that's taxing and so how how is the race yeah i mean well first of all congratulations i haven't gotten to tell you in person over the phone but uh congratulations on that that in- incredible send but um, yeah, diving into that question, it three years ago, if you said, oh, I foiled 27 miles, people would be like, holy shit, like you're gnarly. Yeah. And people would trip. And then now when you say, oh, I foiled 26 miles, people would still be like, oh, that's crazy. But like in the foiling world, like, oh, that's pretty doable. Yeah, like, as long as especially if you have yeah. the right equipment. Yeah. So I think that like mindset is changing, but um, I foiled with Kane the week before. Well, I go over to Maui a lot to just yeah. hang out with them. I have a lot of friends there, and it's pretty relatively ch- cheap and easy to fly between the islands. So I'll go over to Maui and hang out with Kane and see like all his foils and basically his advantage besides the obvious that he's an incredible foiler and incredibly talented is that his foil to body ratio is different than mine. So he has like, you know, I don't know, he's six, two or whatever and or six feet and 
like I want to see probably like 180 or something. And he has all this weight that just drives forward. And then on top of that, he makes like pretty much the fastest foils out there right now yeah. that are just like mysterious. Only he has. <laughs> so that combo just makes him so fast. And like his cruising speed is, is like hard to catch up. So knowing that right off the start, I didn't like, I just blocked out everything. I just like, didn't even like think about the other people. And that channel is, it, it's pr pretty small for a channel between the island. It's only eight miles wide, but the way the course goes, it's actually the 26 mile distance. And once you're out there, the channel of course is so much bigger than like you expected. So right off the start, I, they blew the horn. We're in the bumps. It's not like a beach start or anything. We're in those bumps and uh, it's pretty, pretty windy. So it's really easy to get up. They blew the horn and I got up right away and just scratched up. And as soon as I got up, I just went like a hundred percent hopping over bumps and trying to get an early lead instead of the conserver energy power at the end. My goal is to power hundred percent of the time as much as I can and see until like I die. Yeah. And then once I die, like just try to like make it work, which is not like the best strategy, I guess. If like thinking about like a marathon, like a running race, you want to like pace yourself. But I've always like just been a fan of even like doing the mile runs at school. I've always been a fan of just like hundred percent sprinting it the whole way. So that was my strategy. And then um, it worked out pretty good in the start. Like I smoked everyone. And I think as the race went on, the more tired I got, the more they caught up. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, I had like a huge gap on everyone and Kane went, I don't know if you can imagine the Hawaiian Islands. Um, you have, I guess, uh, Big Island here, Oahu here, Maui here, and Kauai here. So um, Lanai is south of Molokai. Mm -hmm. So Kane went towards Lanai, which basically he went like south and I went straight west, mm -hmm. knowing that you're going to want to, I wanted to hug the island coming in and hug the coastline just to get the shortest amount of like distance covered, which like made sense to me. But then what Kane did, which is pretty smart, is that he shot it towards Lanai and the water out there moves faster and it's so much bigger. So he was utilizing the bigger and faster swells to get more distance, even though he was kind of going farther Mm. uh distance wise just because like of the curve he took so the whole entire time i thought i'm winning this race and <laughs> and like <laughs> i don't see him anywhere i look behind me and all the escar boats are like behind me like pretty far so i know that everyone else is back of me but he had no escort boat yeah he's so, undercover. <laughs> um he was fully undercover like just this little dot in the middle of the channel that I couldn't even see. So coming in, you turn the Kamalo buoy and that's basically the uh, shoreline of the entire South side of Molokai and you turn the buoy and you're 10 miles out straight downwind. And what gets tricky is that the bombs aren't like huge open ocean, fast rollers. They're super like close together and steep. Yeah. So you can't hop it. Yeah. And it's like, if, if, for example, if I were to go over to Molokai right now and do that run, I would bring my biggest, slowest wing and just stay in between because it's physically taxing to constantly be pumping over. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because it's like you're pumping uphill because they're so short. Yeah. So that whole time you're like turning back and forth S turns the entire way, trying to just hang in the bumps. And then, um, I'm sorry. Can you hear that? Uh, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. Oh, no, I can't hear the dinging. It's, oh, you can't hear the dinging. I'm, I'm getting notifications on my computer, but I didn't want to <laughs> interrupt so it. Okay. Anyway, back, back to the, back to the story. So we're, um, we're doing these S turns in between these bumps and I'm thinking I'm like in front of the entire pack and Kane is like way outside and he's going to go outside and he's going to shoot it in at the last minute. So I finally get to the buoy. I'm pretty tired. My legs are like starting to give out in the last like 10 minutes up until that 10 minute mark. I was perfectly fine. And 10 minutes left of the two hours, my leg kind of got sore. Then as soon as I turned the buoy upwind to like, do your last 300 yard upwind pump on flat water, my leg just locked up and I had to fall down and I had to paddle in. Mm -hmm. So Kane ended up beating. Okay. So we're, we're weaving between these bumps and there's about 10 miles left. And then as you went closer to the finish line, the bumps kind of got wider. So we were able to kind of generate more speed and like take more distance. So meanwhile, I'm doing that. Kane is outside south of me and he's shooting it in at the last minute. I get to the buoy. My legs are fine until 10 minutes, until the last final 10 minutes of the two hours. So the last mile, my legs kind of sore, and, but I'm handling. And then I turn the buoy to go upwind and all this wind is in my face and I'm pumping. I get about 25 yards. My leg locks up. I fall off my board. I'm like, I can't even move my leg. So like, that's like 30 seconds, 10 minute of like recovering. And I just get on the board and start paddling. I paddle up and all the way in thinking I won the whole thing. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God, I just won this entire race. And then I see Kane standing at the end. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> but I, I, I was like, Oh, like no way. Like I beat him. He, he would have been way too fast, especially since the swells are pretty big. Yeah. And um, I think, my I was like 155 and Kane was 147 or something of like that. So yeah. He had like a seven or eight minute lead on me that was like pretty pretty significant, which is mile and a half at the end if you get tired. Yeah, and I wonder how much so he, time you lost, yeah. I guess, that the paddle that like the paddling in on your board rather than foiling in. Yeah, I definitely lost about solid two or three minutes but he still would have beat me because he was already like standing on the shore yeah or the harbor when i came in um but yeah like i i was pretty proud of my performance i think my my uh gear and the conditions like it, it just all came together and I, I think i performed pretty well but yeah my goal the entire way was just to hammer it the entire time constantly in the beginning was hopping over every single bump and like if i couldn't i would kick out onto the big one and use that speed to mm. get over and then uh like i didn't really do too many like turns the whole way it was kind of just point and shoot yeah and then uh what the other thing that helped is i was just riding a 120 lift high aspect and then 25 tail mm -hmm. which is just like a yeah it was a stock they sent it to me the day before yeah straight out of the nothing like prototyped or anything but what i did change up is they uh i added a uh fuse adapter yeah. And there's, you're starting to see them with the lift products, but 
yeah they make lift actually makes these little like fuse adapters they're probably three inches or so and uh what that did was with the bigger swells just gave me way more drive and power and momentum going forward mm, yeah because like with the 120 it's a pretty sensitive wing but there's like it's incredible when you're going slow because you can go slow and still have enough lift and you can go fast at the same time. Yeah. But once you go super fast, there's like not a lot of top end speed. So once you get into like the high, like 18, 20 mile per hour mark, it kind of bogs out. But with, when you add that uh, adapter, that speed just, mm. uh, the speed range opens up and you can go really fast and feel super locked in. Yeah. So that I'd... was like a game changer. For sure, I, I've I've noticed that with some of the list stuff, and, and when I I've, I haven't used the one twenty a lot, but when I had when I went really quick, it felt like like speed wobbles. You know, you sort of get this yeah like really sure. skatey feeling, and and I the I was just using the stock glide tail, I think it is, and um and without the the extender, I was like, man, I just need a bit more control when I get to that top end because it got sketchy. Yeah. So it sort of makes sense. It's and the, pretty the new tail, I think, as pretty well. Sensitive. Yeah, it's pretty sensitive when you're going fast and you kind of like yeah. <laughs> wiggle yeah. out or like it just feels like you're going to explode. Yeah. Nah, cool. So, and, and what, what, what length board are you using for, for the channel crossing? Yeah, so I know everyone's like trend, like this whole Barracuda hype is like taking off in Hawaii and guys are like ordering Barracudas and waiting like months and months for them. Yeah. And I think it's it's pretty incredible because like, with a board that's designed like how Dave Klomber designs them, you can pretty uh, a non-experienced slash pretty novice pad stand-up paddler and still be able to get up really easily. Mm. So like if you're just trying to get into downwind, I think it's an excellent tool. Same thing with Amundsen. Amundsen's doing these like pretty narrow um, designs, but my I've tried them and I think they're awesome. But my whole thing is once you're up, I just want. I don't want to like feel like I have like a ton of length in front of me because yeah. um, I don't want to like touch down on the, the next bump. So I have my current board. It's a five, eight by 20 inches wide yeah. and 75 liters. Mm -hmm. I would have gone like six O or something, but five, eight, it, it had to fit in my board bag. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I didn't want to like have to get like a new bag and everything. So I just kept it five, eight. Yeah. And, uh, it's 75 liters. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's really good. Actually. Like I can flat water the 120 on it. Yeah. Wow. And once I'm up it, it also feels like short enough where it's not like a ton of boards. So it works well for me. Yeah. Yeah. I I've, um, I've played around with a bunch of lengths and, and I agree with you. If you've got the strength or the technique to be able to paddle up a small foil in the bumps, then there's kind of no need to go the extra long barracudas. But if you're a novice yeah. and you're learning, that extra length gives you the gives you the chip in, you know. If you can get That's up the and way going, to do it, yeah, yeah. But as you progress, Same, I, yeah. I I expect people to start to go a little shorter, like towards the six foot mark and away from the seven or eight foot mark, just because it to me and some of you sound the same, uh, similar. It, it's easier to maneuver being shorter. Yeah, I mean this the guys like in our crew, one guy has like a seven ten. And then this other guy has like a seven six, and they're like killing it on the pop ups. But I think like once everyone like figures out how to pop up easily, yeah, they're gonna be wanting to go like six feet. 
yeah. just because once you're up, it feels so great. And if you can do it, then might as well get a short board. But yeah, yeah. so that was my equipment and uh, yeah. it, it worked really good. Like there, I don't, I couldn't think of a, I've tried all the foils, all the brands. Yeah. I couldn't have thought of a better foil to, uh, to use in the event because um, the, I think the most like under hyped wing that no one talks about is a Moses 800. Mm-hmm. And Moses, I got some gear from Moses like in the early downwind days, and the 800 is just like really fast. And it, I think it's faster than the 120, but the 120 is a, a better all around wing because the problem with the 800 is that there's no low end. Yeah. So you got to paddle it up, which is pretty hard. But once you get it up, it, it would be insane in the channel. Yeah. And then at the end, you would be struggling. You wouldn't be able to like complete the end because you'd be tired. And it's like so hard to pump. So I think that's where the 120 shined. It was like great speed, but also like great uh, lift. Yeah. And, and you, you nail it, it there. Really well. the, the low end of the 120 is kind of, people always talk about how fast the 120 is, but I think it's actually the low end of the 120 that is the magic. It can go really yeah. slow for how fast it can go as well. And yeah. 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 You... It's, it's, it's pretty great. I mean, Lyft just released a 90. Mm. And like, really, it's it's the 90 is a totally different wing. It's not like the 120. Like that 120 is still like shines. Like that's the one. The 90 is in, incredible if you want to just go like max speed. But realistically, like I thought about using the 90 in the in the event because I can paddle up the 90, but I can't do it on demand. Yeah. Like, I got to get lucky. Yeah. So like, and I knew right off the start, you had to get up really fast because you want to be in front right you want to be first yeah so i was like kind of gambling like i brought the 90 with me i was like should i do it and i didn't want to like get unlucky it was really luck for me like i sometimes i could do it right away but then sometimes i like couldn't get it up so i didn't want to get unlucky at the start and not be able to get up so yeah, you, don't, to you don't want to lose that minute yeah you don't want to lose that minute or two which you may not ever ever like gain that if you don't get up early so it's it's yeah. trading off. Maybe it's going to take me two minutes to get up. Is it going to be two minutes quicker for the entire distance? I don't know. It's yeah. And, and we saw that so, in 2019 with um with Jeffrey and Kai, right? Like so, Kai was yeah. obviously on a slower foil for the channel, but he could pump up wind, and Jeffrey couldn't. So it's um the channel crossings are cool in in that respect because it's not just who's the fastest in the middle, but it's also like a gear game. Like it's you can't just like get the most crypt thin small foil and get up and just say, ha ha, like see you guys. Yeah. Cause like, if that was happening, guys would just like be riding these ridiculously like small, like high aspect wings and just smoking everyone. And it comes down to like who has the most money or who has like the best sponsor. Yeah. But instead with these channel crossings, it's like fine tuning your gear. So it's, it's like the perfect blend. And like also you as a rider, like you, you can't be relying entirely on your gear because you, it kind of forces you to ride a bigger foil yeah. with the way that these channel crossings are set up. So yeah. you got to be also like good. Yeah. And uh, like, that's, I'm pretty sure that's what happened in hood river. Mateo beat Kane because Kane went down at the end and Mateo had the slow, uh, like a, he had a Armstrong high aspect, but it was like a big slow one. Yeah. It was the 1125, I think, which is yeah. not that fast. Yeah. It's not that fast, but it has a, crazy amount of lift and glide mm. and that's how Mateo beat him so it's like it's a it's a full trade-off yeah 
which that's I kind of love that. Like it, it does two things to me. One, it's going to mean every week there's probably going to be a different winner because it, it comes down to what foil you choose. And like yeah. you know, you probably have like two or three foils that you you would normally downwind depending on conditions. And on the day for the for especially for a channel crossing, you're going to experience more than one type of condition the entire way because the beginning might be flat, the yeah. beginning is going to be really, the middle is going to be really big, and then the, the end is probably you know gets a bit gnarly. Or, or upwind and um so it's yeah it's not as you said it's not straightforward the fastest foil isn't always going to win it comes down to a few factors so it's it's pretty cool i reckon yeah i mean also like with the molokai to oahu you have to do the flat water start yeah so it's like it's not even like in the bumps like it's it's, it's dead flat water yeah and you gotta, like, it's howling offshore it's like a, a wind assisted flat water start <laughs> yeah 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 so, uh, I mean, I haven't done it yet, but that's definitely what I want to do just because, like, growing up, you hear, like, the Molokai Hoi, like, put on by Hawaiian Airlines, like, all these huge sponsors sponsoring mm. these paddling events, mm. like, six-man paddling events. And it's, like, so cool to cross KUV Channel and then come home to Oahu, and that's where you end up, like, in front yeah. of everyone, in front of the entire community. Yeah. So that's an, a, the next one for me on the bucket list for sure. Yeah, I'm... I'm- I'm really hoping it happens next year. I'm keen to get over there and um, race, race yeah, and, and race everyone else because it's I, I, yeah. I'd imagine, especially for you, like growing up on Oahu, living on Oahu, like it is. It's like the Super Bowl of downwind racing. You know, it's yeah, it's, exactly. it's the race. Yeah, it's um, exactly. It's like it's the name too, like Molokai to Oahu. Like you don't hear people like raving about Maui to Molokai. Yeah, it's like Molokai to Oahu is the downwind run. Mm. so yeah even yeah. though the, the thing is though as much <laughs> as as much as that name is so prestigious the maui to molokai run is actually much better than way more fun <laughs> way more fun yeah it's just li- li- like the way the islands are positioned and the way the like predominant wind comes out of the east northeast molokai to oahu is like downwind but like kind of like you know right it's yeah. kind of like yeah it's not it's, weird like it has an upwind tilt to it yeah i'd say i, I call it a an, an ocean race with with a downwind you know downwind slant on it whereas maui to molokai yeah. is a downwind race <laughs> that's a great way to put in maui to molokai straight yeah. downwind down the pipe you're lo- looking in front of you at these as these bumps just stack up so yeah yeah Whereas M2O, you're kind of cutting right the whole time, which is, that's kind of the beauty of it. Like, it's hard. And that's why I think it is sort of more prestigious than M2M because, yeah, look, it's really tough. And the fact that it's tough, you remember it and you really feel like you've achieved something. Whereas Maui to Molokai, uh, yeah, Maui to Molokai is, it's, you sort of come, come, you finish that race buzzing. And especially after you've done it a few times and, Sounds like you know you left nothing out there, but as you do more of that race, you'll learn to probably um, maybe enjoy it a little more and, and sort of. But it, it's it it it's like it's just fun. It's so fun. It's it's like four or five yeah. kilometers less, or like you know three or four miles less, but it's like it's way faster, <laughs> way faster than into yeah. yeah. Actually, that's yeah, something I want I to agree. talk about. The, the fact that you had an escort boat, do you think you could push harder because you knew that if you completely bonked and cramped up, that you could just, you know, jump on the boat? Or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, like, so it's like Simeon and Eric Sturman, they were like, oh, I just want to make it. Like, I just want to make it and not, like, die in the middle of the channel, maybe yeah. to my sharks. 
but with me having this like escort boat all my my best friends are on it like on, they're sitting on the roof of the boat filming me and cheering me cheering me on and just cruising my dad gets to witness it because like you can't really like watch down in front of like, my dad like yeah. gets to surf with me and like we go like he's seen all the surfing yeah because like he's in the water with me but he mm-hmm. doesn't foil so he uh he can't like see me downwind besides like from the cliff yeah yeah like at diamond head so it was cool for him to watch and then also like with the filming thing like we got the boat and like or the filmer could like which was my other friend he could be on the boat and it just like worked out really good and like knowing that i have a support crew like emotionally was cool but then also like logistically like I don't know. I posted a video on my Instagram a few days ago, but me like going up to the boat, my dad threw me an apple. I was going to ask. Yeah. That was my next question. And I dropped that. I dropped <laughs> yeah. the apple because his throat, his throw was terrible. It was horrible. It was and the driver's fault for sure. <laughs> and then he got the cantaloupe and threw me a cantaloupe and I caught it and ate it. Yeah. And it's like, it's like ha- knowing that I can like go to the boat. And I, that was the only time I like really had support from the boat. Like the rest I kind of got. Yeah, but like I, I definitely needed that something to eat. Like I was kind of like needed energy, and um, I had my water pack, which was good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so I, the escort boat definitely helped. Yeah, so uh, let's go to nutrition. Like, so was that 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 one? I guess interchange that you shared on on socials the other day was that the only like new? Is that the only food you ate? Or like, yeah, that was the only that was the only thing, and I really like. I just needed something in my stomach, really. I was just, like, hungry. I was like, yeah. oh, I just want to eat something. And the fruit was good. Um, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't eat too much just because you don't want to, like, feel, like, weighted yeah. down. And you yeah. want to feel, like, heavy. And the thing is, the water gets you super full. Like, the more you drink the water, like, I have ice-cold water in my backpack. The more I drink it, the more I want it. Yeah. And that water makes you full. Yeah. So, so uh yeah, but that was the only thing I ate. And, and in, in your water, it was just, just water, no, like, electrolytes or... Yeah, to tell you the truth, like, I don't really... I haven't... I've never really gotten into the whole nutrition thing, which is, like, yeah, kind of bad. Like, I probably, <laughs> I probably should. Yeah. But, like, I just never got into it, never, like, studied it. And for me, as, like, as a young kid, I guess I can just, like, handle and just sand. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Like, if, if I was going... If I was going farther, I would definitely, like take into account like what to eat and stuff but i feel like two hours i compare it to this like a, it's like a two hour foil race would be like a four hour surf se- surf session yeah and it's fine. like i'm pretty i'm like toasted after a four hour surf session but i can still handle without like food and water yeah and of course like you get to like take breaks and stuff but you're still in the sun you're still in the ocean yeah so like look looking at it that way it was like pretty I guess like doable in my in my mind. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's that's actually one of the really cool things about the downwind foiling stuff. And especially if conditions are good, um, something like the Palolo or the Cave, like that's they've like it's a long distance. It's it's a long way to paddle. For foiling, it's making all these races like a lot shorter. You know, like Zane did it in an hour yeah. and a half on the wing, and and you know you guys are you and Kane were under two hours. Like the quickest I think I ever paddled it was like three and a like three hours something, and like the, you almost halved that, which is you know it, it makes the yeah. it makes the shorter race I guess, which um pretty cool. It makes it really it's more open to it should be open to more people now. 
if conditions no yeah that's that's what i was kind of like getting on earlier is like if you said oh i foiled from maui to molokai like three years ago people would like trip yeah but if you say it now it's like wait it's doable and like because simeon and eric didn't have an escort and they were perfectly fine yeah it like almost like got me thinking it's like what if like on a really windy weekend or like a good direction what if like me and like maybe I, you couldn't do it with a huge group just because like it's too hard but you, like you and one other guy or you and mm. two other guys that with around the same skill level like i could fully fly over to maui and send it no escort by myself and make it to molokai yeah like unhurt unless like a shark attacks me or like i have like a gear malfunction which which but could happen you, like, in a local run too you know that's yeah. yeah so like if you if you plan properly with like a phone and like some water and maybe like i don't know like a like a snack or something like yeah it's pretty doable to do it without an escort i mean like the coast runs i do which are eight miles i have like a board and my hat and like my apple watch <laughs> yeah and that's it like i don't take water i don't take food i don't take yeah anything yeah and i know it's um, like the maui crew they'll they've like even before downwind falling they're now on their stops they would hire an escort boat for like a group of eight of them and they'd all send it across the channel um yeah but i i kind of agree with you like the it's two maybe three hours if you're stopping and regrouping like it's it's pretty doable now to just sort of send it across to molokai and yeah like of course you'd, you'd want to take all the safety precautions you can here in australia we've got this app called it's like marine rescue or marine safety and like you can sort of oh, log no in way. and say you're going from here to here and if you don't sort of call if you don't log off by the end then they sort of like send out like call you and and if you don't answer they call they send out like a rescue party but if someone sees you doing that run like oh this person's in trouble they'll look in their thing and say oh no this he's going from here to here he's fine <laughs> you know so it's I've never heard of that before. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's something like that in yeah, interesting America. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I've never heard of that. That's that's pretty smart, like to have. Because when that. I was first starting, I used to get helicopters like flying, like in the you know, big big winds. Is when I want to downwind paddle or downwind foil. You, you get like police helicopters and all this sort of bullshit. It's like, dude, I'm doing downwind. These are the best conditions. But then with this, yeah, was, that's. Then I started using the yeah. Marine Rescue app and it sort of stops the helicopters coming, <laughs> you know? So it was... Yeah, like when we when we first started doing it, like there'd be calls of like, oh, some guy like way out there, but he really just fell on the run and he's paddling back to shore. Like, yeah, he's fine. Yeah. And it's like these people, like a lot of tourists are just trying to like be good. But yeah, I know what you mean. But the thing is like it, that idea works excellent for Maui to Molokai because... You have Molokai, if you need help, you just paddle down when I guess if like your thing breaks. Yeah. And then like Maui is right there, which has like all like the fire trucks and like rescue equipment on that mm -hmm. island. Mm -hmm. And then like if something really goes wrong and you're drifting, like straight south is Lanai that you can like, I guess, paddle to. So you yeah. have like three mm -hmm. options of like rescue where if you're doing Molokai to Oahu, you're yeah. pretty like yeah. screwed. If yeah. like, you need an escort boat, you can't just go over there and like, I'm going to fly out to Oahu. Like you need a boat for that. Yeah, no, I agree. And I guess those that are listening, I guess don't just think you can go send M2M any old day. You need some experience, but you know, if, yeah. you've, if, you've, if you've done it before, definitely take a phone and tell people you're going and, and whatnot. But I think, um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Jack. When I was over there a few years ago, I'm like, man, we should be doing this like as the local run, <laughs> you know, 
and just get a yeah yeah because Maliko is almost too short really if you're yeah flying over for for, for just a day um to do a few you, you gotta do at least two Maliko runs you know no yeah i've like gone over like i've spent like a hundred bucks to go over and like thinking i'm gonna go downwind all day and i'll do like one downwind which is like half an hour yeah and then end up just like cruising with my friends all day and it's like oh wait like <laughs> I technically like did a Malika run, but it was really just half an hour of boiling for a hundred bucks. Like, was it worth it? But, yeah. Yeah. So like I went over the other week and then like we did like two every day and it was a that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And Malika is pretty epic run. Good to test equipment. Hey, though, yeah. But um, Hawaiian Airlines just announced that uh, for the rest of the year, foilers in Hawaii, um, they have a $39 fair one way to all the islands inner island until 2023 so get on it that's a little bit of an incentive to you know, to, to get over to the other islands like Kauai guys come to oahu or oahu guys let's go to maui mm. and uh because each island is different like oahu has like our crew the voyager vibe and like everything and it's fun but then maui has like better bumps and then Kauai poor guys on Kauai have nothing but uh <laughs> kyle kyle maligro and all those all those guys I, the poor island's a circle so it's like you can't really like downwind it's tricky yeah yeah but al- although i was there the other week and i did see what is probably the best downwind run in this state which is nepali coast yeah yeah and nepali is i guess like from the north to the west side of the island mm-hmm. and uh the weekend I went, which is last week, was nuking wind. And it's not practical to just send it because, like, you end up on the west side of Kauai where there's, like, nothing. Mm-hmm. So, like, you would definitely need an escort boat to run that. But if, like, the Kauai guys could get together and fund an escort boat on the proper day, they could probably score the best run in the entire Hawaiian Island chain. Mm. And I, I think it's about maybe, like, Honolulu Bay to the end is like 15 miles. Yeah, I, I want to say. Yeah, and it's it's pretty insane. It's pretty incredible. Like that run. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I almost went over to Kauai a couple times after M2O because people were saying that yeah that 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 downwind stretch can be can be really good. But what I've heard is um, if the wind isn't quite right, the beginning will be like really good. And then sometimes the wind will like actually come headwind because because the way the island's circular, yeah, it like wraps all the way around. So if you don't get it quite right, you get like headwind at the end rather than bumps yeah. the whole way. So it's um yeah, it's tricky, but that's why you would need the escort boat to like keep it realistic. Just like because yeah. I was looking down the coast, like we got to the end of this hike, and uh, I was looking down the coast, and it's like the most raging bumps I've ever seen in the ocean, yeah. like more than the channel. Mm-hmm. and then like all of a sudden just nothing yeah yeah like from that to that and that's just because <laughs> of the way the island curves yeah yeah so <laughs> with escort boat sounds like a good good way to not get stuck out there yeah for sure yeah hey i yeah. want to um i want to dive into um the blue water classic as well because that's that's your local run right um and yeah. that was the the molokai to oahu team sort of sort of put that on this year and i know they were chatting to the oahu you know the voyager crew about the best run for a foil. And originally it was going to be from um, Makapu past like Waikiki and they, and they mixed, they changed it up for the foilers to be the Hawaii Kai run basically, which is 
Jeremy, you know, for compared to the other option. Um, how was that race? Like, how did that all go? Yeah, so Oahu, there's Oahu has a opportunity for like 25 miles of downwinding. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, like, at one point you would have to be like four or five miles offshore. Yeah. In like the literally like middle of nowhere. Yeah. So it's not like I've never done it. It's not like something I like want to do. I'm not like thinking about it. Like, oh, I'm just gonna go do a 25 mile downwind run in Oahu just because it's it's not realistic. Put it that way. Yeah. And then um, Makapu for like from Makapu to the point. I don't know if you can envision it, but like that's on the east side. Mm-hmm. And then you turn the point and that's like the south side. Mm-hmm. So like the first like mile or two is like upwind. side wind, like yeah. Yeah, yeah, side up. Like you're really like you're yeah, you go upwind and you turn your side wind. Yeah. So like you can't do that on the foil. But then once you turn the coast or once you turn the point and it's like the entire coast, that's like insane. Yeah. All the way. Yeah. So um that decision to change the course was kind of like made by all of us. They kind of asked us like, what do you think is the best? And uh, we said, instead of doing the full way, how about we just do eight miles of our local run, mm-hmm. which is China walls to Kaimana beach. Mm-hmm. And that way there's bumps all the way. And almost any like amount of wind is doable. Mm-hmm. And it just ensures like a fair race where like, if you did the, what they were recommending, what would happen is most people would have like had to stop like at the end, just cause like you're so far out and like, mm. there's not really bumps and then coming in, it's like this huge kind of like bay at the end. It's like this lagoon. Yeah. And it's like, it's just, it's just impossible. It's, I, yeah. I hate to say it, but like it, you cannot do it. Yeah. It's not, it wouldn't be fun anyway. Like you'd almost need to use too big a foil to, to, to make it doable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It would suck. So it was good that they changed it, but um, I wasn't even supposed to do it, actually. I was supposed to go to Hood River and yeah. uh, do the Gorge event. I was, like, super stoked to go back after my first trip in June. Uh, so that was my first trip of the summer. Then um, I was planning to go back for the uh, paddle challenge, and then mm-hmm. I got sick. And then right when I was, like, planning the trip, I was, like, pretty sick. I don't know. It might've been like COVID or something, but, um, yeah, I was like in bed, like dying. Yeah. I was like, how am I going to get better by tomorrow morning to book a flight to go to Oregon? Yeah. And I just called, I just called it off. I would like, by the time the race day came around, I was fine, but really I got better like the day before. So it wasn't realistic and I didn't want to yeah. be sick on the mainland. And, and all the travel, so it was, it was, like yeah. that's just going to run yeah. you down more. So yeah keep it local so a little little blessing in disguise uh, i got to do my local race kind of hold it down like you know it's it's my zone it's yeah. our zone it's like we had to hold it down and uh fortunately I, I was able to win that one and that compared to like the channel crossing was like a walk in the park i <laughs> sprinted the entire thing just pumping pretty much over bumps the entire way and using the speed from the swells yeah and i actually set i set my fastest time i've ever done on that run yeah wow. during that race yeah and i imagine if if the i imagine if the swells were even bigger and the wind was even stronger it was a pretty like minimal day when we went mm-hmm. like yeah. it was there was definitely like a lot of swell but it wasn't like nuking wind so 
um, if it was nuking wind and windy, I think I could have gone like way faster than I did. Yeah. And I guess because it was a race, you were doing the up and over rather than the sort of surfing lines, which is obviously yeah, faster. I would just, yeah. So you're just sending it straight. But the thing is too, like there was like full on escort boats, like film crews and like everyone's racing. And so like the vibe made me go faster where like, if I like, I hate going fast on downwind runs. That's like, mm. I hate it. Mm. Like, I'll, I, when I first started, I would like jump off by myself out of the, out in the water, but then like you're going fast by yourself and just exerting energy. But like, there's no, like, it's just like for your own personal record, like there's no point in it. So yeah. Um, I think like, I'd like to, I like to do another race with good conditions and see like how fast I can really go because like I'm not just gonna go out on a Saturday morning and try to like set a record. It's just not fun for me. Yeah. And and also like I end up not doing too well because like there's no it's only me, so I have no gauge of how fast I'm really going. Yeah. No one like catching up to me. Yeah. Yeah. The so. the race vibe definitely allows you to like it I guess it motivates you, you know, like you gotta go as quick as you can because there's someone on your tail and you know you Yeah it makes it cool it's it's a cool that's that's why the racing stuff and it's interesting that you know you were like really like the first race i did was the the poi bowl in malik on the maliko run a few years or like five years ago probably four years ago now and i was like oh it's gonna be so fun it's gonna all be surfing and i literally got up like one of the first and everyone's going everyone went so fast past me they're just like going straight up and over and i'm like okay i'm not gonna be able to keep up with these guys so i just went out wide and i just yeah and it was like, okay, I'm, just, I'm, the wrong, I'm on the wrong gear. I think I was using a Maliko 200 and like, you know, I should have been at least on the Eva or something higher aspect. It was a few years ago now, but. um, Yeah, that and that was the best swing at the time too. Yeah. Eva. So it was like, you know, and I just wanted to like sort of have fun. I'm like, okay, racing is going to be something different. And, and I guess you kind of confirmed that. Um, up and over is definitely not the most fun line. And when you're learning, it's, it's hard because you're going to get the heart rate going, but yeah that 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 line like up and over and sort of traversing rather than traversing the bumps kind of you were know, saying before when you got to the south side of Molokai, you were like really you couldn't go fast because the bumps were too steep yeah whereas yeah, as you got sort of exactly. as the bumps got more stretched out you're like, okay now i can up and over and it's it's cool it's, it's cool to sort of hear that same thing that i felt um whereas when the bumps are too tight it's kind of like well i want to be better off on a slower foil right now Whereas when the bumps sort of stretch out, it's like, okay, speed is good now. Um, so yeah, it's cool. Um, what what foil were you using for the for the Blue Water Classic? I was on the 120, but I kind of tweaked it a little bit. I had this like um, Amundsen Customs 14 inch G10 tail. Uh huh. So like I I had this tail adapter and I used the the G10 tail basically like. It was, I thought it was going to be fast, but also give me a lot of lift because this conditions are like, I want to say minimal, but they were like not ideal, mm -hmm. like a little tougher. So I wanted, I still wanted to go fast, but then I used that tail and it gave me a lot of lift. And uh, it's not the fastest tail, but because it lifted well and like kept me up, that's it, it worked really well. Yeah. Yeah. I heard you tweaked your gear a little bit for the blue water classic yeah. compared to the, the yeah, m2m like, race with the m2m like the stock stuff were good because like the extender was good and the bigger 
in the bigger uh, swells. And then the 25 tail was like great for speed. Mm-hmm. But then like, I thought about it, if I used the 120 with the 25 in the race, it probably would have gone too well because probably would have struggled at the start to get up. And then at the end lost pump, because actually at the end is the same thing. The way the course is, you can make it to where it ends no problem on a super east windy day. But if yep. it's like average or minimal, you can't. And it's like, you're just riding waves from the surf break or like uh, pumping. And that day it wasn't like there's like a ton of waves either, but I was lucky enough to get a wave and like kind of like pump, stay up for a while in the wave and keep pumping. And I made it to uh, the windsock, yeah. which, which is the end. And I, I was like, an upwind pump so i definitely needed some sort of lift there yeah yeah you couldn't you couldn't go full speed tail yeah no interesting um that's that's i guess so the for the blue water class again and m2m it sounded like the start was in like in the wind line like you were in decent bumps when you started and then for the finish m2m was a um uh, historically it's been like the edge of the wharf and there's like someone on the yeah is it the same yeah yeah so yeah that's like same flat thing. water pretty much finished there's, there's no bumps in there behind the reef it was pretty similar like the course like now that i think about it in the bumps straight off the takeoff you're in the swells and then at the end gets light along the surf line and then you turn to go upwind so really yeah. it was the same same kind of thing uh needed a needed a good pop-up go fast in the whole way then at the end you needed to like persevere and just muscle it yeah muscle so, to finish so you have to save something in the tank <laughs> yeah so that was a good race and it was fun because like that's the home home zone it's what we do every day yeah so it was cool to like have all the boys do it together you know oh for sure and like having like that that's we're trying to get um a few of the crew here in sydney to, to sort of we're trying to organize a race and it's it's like when you organize a race, it's like everyone sort of starts at the same time and you're finishing at the same spot. Whereas a lot of the time, like we'll do runs together, but it's like some people are running a bit late. You don't have, like you're not waiting for them and, or, or you're, but you're, you're pressed on time. So you can't like wait for that last person or whatever it is. So it's hard to get a big group all doing this exact same run. Um, Frick, tell, us, tell me about it. I know exactly what yeah, you mean. Yeah. If you were to ask, if you were to ask any of like, us uh, like Kahi, he'll text us and be like, "Okay, I have an hour before my kids like, and my wife need to go here. Like, let's go." And then like he'll fall, and then like two hours later, he's finally coming home. <laughs> or it's like, like I like in between last year, I had like a bunch of like online classes, but they were spread out throughout the day. So I'd be like, "Yeah, I have a two hour window. Like, let's go." Yeah. But like I would have to make the run on my prone board or use like a stand up to yeah. ensure that I can make it just to yeah. like. Not so like same yeah. thing it's like if you're and guys running late or like guys on a time crunch like i gotta go i gotta go i'll see you like later jump in the water and they take off so same same yeah. thing here yeah whereas a race it's like everyone sort of puts this puts the day aside and it's like okay this is the day we're all gonna hang out after and there's a presentation and start at the same yeah, time yeah. And finish at the same spot and it's it's a bit of a vibe rather than the day-to-day sort of commitments getting in the way yeah yeah exactly yeah um I had a got a few people ask questions. Um, they want to ask about the South Shore Oahu run, which is which is your home run, like Hawaii Kai um, to Kaimana. Yeah. Um, uh, he's this guy asked. He said the last few kilometers in the offshore is is no good, and that's the bit that you guys prone. He said so. Like, 
I guess from Black Point onwards, he sort of described it as um, cross offshore foiling in the surf line. And is that like, how would you describe, I guess, that sort of run? Yeah, so that's like a common, a pretty common misconception that the Black Point to through Diamond Head to Kamana run is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, what he's saying probably sounds like a day when the wind was pretty north. Mm-hmm. And if it's north, it's just junk. And yeah. So, like, there's, it's definitely like, has has opportunity to be terrible mm-hmm. but then also like if the wind's east enough in the summertime it's like pretty sick because like what it's we call it the kaikos run because the spot that we took off take off at like to get the chip shot is called kaikos uh-huh. and uh you get up on the you can do it on the prone board because if you fall you paddle in like two minutes to the waves catch a wave and keep going yeah, it's like learning how to down. And it's it's actually pretty good because like it gives you a lot of opportunities to get up, fall, paddle, and get up and fall. Like it's not like you catch one chip and you're like two miles out in the middle of the ocean. Like oh, there goes my day. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's good. And like the bumps can go all the way to the end on like a east enough and windy enough day. And then at the end, like you get to ride waves to the shore if there yeah. are waves. Yeah. So like okay, in the so summertime, it's, it's so fun. So the trick is, it's got to be more east than north. Yeah, east, um, east. But the thing is, like in the summertime, it already is like pretty east. Mm-hmm. Yeah. W- winter time is when the North Shore run gets good. Yeah. But like, no one really goes in the winter time just because there's waves and the the swells kind of cross up. Yeah. You know. But if you do get like some stormy, super like north northeast wind day on the North Shore with like no waves, mm. it can be killer downwind. Yeah. But usually in in town where i live on the south shore it's better in the summertime yeah no for sure and that's uh, i've yeah I, from my experience i'd agree with you like the hawaii kai run seems to be a lot more consistent than the north shore run like it's the the bumps seem to be bigger the, the other thing actually i heard was um from from a friend um who was using a barracuda he said that on malika it was going unreal and then they came to they did the blue water classic race actually and they said that it was um a bit harder to use you know because the hawaii was it, Kai she- run, was it shep yeah that that was the report yeah from shep yeah <laughs> yeah shep had kind of a shocker and like he's killing it on maui but the thing is like they have the most like perfect conditions on maui so like coming to oahu on top of that it wasn't even like good that day like it was like yeah so so like i'd say i'd rate it a four out of ten yeah 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 like we do the 10 scale here like every day like how's the report oh five out of ten <laughs> six out of ten yeah. so like that was a four four out of ten yeah it would it would have been a two out of ten but like the diamond head stretch was somehow just unreal yeah but that only lasted like a mile which was kind of weird yeah and I, then, I, um, from from paddling yeah. it on a stand-up i know that from like you know china wall to to black point um it it gets it, it, the wind almost feels offshore like at, at times i guess maybe it's more of a north day but it's like yeah the, the like to, on a stand-up anyway the the fastest line was always sort of going in towards shore and if you went too far out you just sort of got way out to, like almost too wide yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what i mean and, and the bumps are kind of tight because the wind is coming offshore they're clean but they're going a different direction and then there's like basically it's quite technical the hawaii car run compared to a maliko run it's 
super technical. That you have one swell that goes straight, yeah. One that goes out, yeah. And then the ground swell which comes in. So you have these three swells to choose yeah. from, and each one is different size and different speed. But I don't know. It it gets when it turns on. It's pretty good. Like yeah, I think a good day. Okay, so the difference between I think I've done enough Malika runs to like compare it. A good day on Malika is huge troughs like way bigger than Oahu yeah and like when I say troughs I mean like the distance like looking forward yeah I, I hope everyone understands that but it's like looking forward you're looking I don't know maybe like 20-30 yeah. feet in front of you yeah that's where, massive but it, the thing is but when it's that one in Oahu Oahu is bigger like the bumps can be like 10 feet high mm-hmm. even though the troughs aren't as long so yeah, I think right. that's the so difference it's... the bumps the Wahoo bumps are just bigger, but sl- bigger and slower than the Malika ones. They're smaller but faster. Yeah, it's like the Malika ones are stretched out, and I, and I can probably agree with you there. From from my, I haven't done many Hawaii yeah. car runs, but I've done lots of Malika. Malika is like stretched out like this, but like kind of stays low, whereas a Wahoo kind of stays <laughs> tight but gets big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like like a teepee here, a teepee here. It's not like one continuous wave. It's like here and there. Yeah yeah which, which is, I, I, yeah i know i know what it's you're saying I hope, to put it yeah I hope the listeners can too but it's like yeah maliko is like the way i kind of think about it is maliko is like always so windy it's like that the wind blows the top off it and it like sort of stretches it out whereas oahu seems like maybe it's shallower or and because of the different angles um and, and it, well, i know china wall goes really deep to really shallow so it's like you know it just sort of stands up more and it's yeah but from what you're saying the I other thing of, is the other thing is the swells from the Hawaii Chiron are coming straight out of the QV channel. Yeah. And funneling in. Yeah. Where Maliko, like, there's nowhere that there's no channel that these swells are coming out of. It's purely wind. Mm. So it's like you have all this energy from these this channel that's funneling into the, the bay. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's good. It's fun. So okay, so have you gone faster on your, you know, South Shore Oahu run or you know, North Shore Maui run? Like, yeah i guess it's obviously probably, probably i think the fast fastest i've gone is probably on south shore oahu just because like it's only happened like two or three times but there's days when the east swell like the buoy readings are so big yeah like where it's like almost sick to surf but then the wind's also like 30 miles per hour yeah so even though it's less windy than maui it's like like uh, uh, Hawaii Chiron's deep water, but once you hit Black Point, the water gets shallow, maybe like yeah. 20 to like 40 feet. Yeah. Which is relatively shallow on a downwinder. Yeah. So like you have all this east swell hitting the reef and it just like the swell will come this way and then a bump will come this way. Full wedge. And then like stack and <laughs> create like a wedge teepee. Yeah. And I, I've like, I think I've gone like pretty fast down some crazy ones. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. On Oahu. The, the from Black Point, to I guess Kaimana, Kaimana, that's that bit gets super fun. Like it's almost like you're riding swells more than you are the wind. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I guess as you said, the depth. Whereas before, like Hawaii, from from China Wall to Black Point, it's it's a different. It like you said, super technically, you got three different angles, and um, it, it there's a clear difference between the first half and the second half of that run. Whereas I yes. guess Malika yeah. is probably more similar all the way along from what, what I've found anyway. Um, yeah. It's the same thing all the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah interesting. 
Um, okay, another question. Um, what's Jack working on in his downwind game now that he's done M2M and, and uh, Blue Order Classic? To tell you the truth, I'm, a, I, I'm working on surfing. <laughs> like <laughs> surfboard, surfboard surfing. I'm like yeah. so fired up on surfing right now. Yeah. Can't wait for winter time to come on the North Shore and just... We had a fun summer of downwinding, but now it's like time to go put the foil away and go surf. But um, yeah, I guess like if you're that to answer that question, what am I working on with downwind? It's really like probably getting ready for like next summer, like thinking about like logistic wise the next summer of races that I want to do, but also working with lift and kind of see if we can start creating some uh prototype stuff. The thing about lift foils is that unlike uh let me think like i know like the spencer brothers they like could could take with slingshot they could like tell them what they want and they could just make the wing out of just like throwaway carbon mm -hmm. and it's like it's not meant to last like it's just like meant to try or yeah. with lift the way they do it was like the way they design their stuff is pretty technical and like they like they'll uh it's not like it's like months and months of testing it's like they'll make one and if it works good tweak it a little bit more and send it right to production so it's a little harder to to uh, prototype stuff with them but i think working on a new range of high aspects would be the next step because just because like the 170 is kind of outdated it's it's slower than like in the start it was good but that's like almost two years old yeah honestly foiling's moved a then, very quickly since then yeah moved <laughs> yeah. on so that wing is like in the dust the 120 still shines but i think like we can go faster and maybe make like a 150 i know like everyone wants a 150 and i think eventually that's going to happen but it's just like not like not making like the same like version of it kind of like making it better you know yeah yeah it's like yeah in, in the future it's there's probably going to be high aspects that are better than the 120 that probably have more lift that are faster, more glide. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just like where every foil company is kind of going with their gear. Yeah. But for me, there's nothing like crazy coming up. I, I'm back to school senior year for me yeah. in high school and uh, kind of just like cruising really. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, no, no, no crazy down and runs planned out. Just yeah. hanging out every day. Yeah, I love Enjoy. in Hawaii how it's like literally summertime. You guys are like doing the downwind thing because there are less waves, and then in wintertime it's like okay, shift the focus. Let's let's dust the yeah. guns off and let's go charge. Um, what 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 plans yeah. do you have? Like I, I've seen you've gotten a few bigger boards, and I know you longboard too. Um, are you competing in that sort of stuff? And, and what what sort of goals do you have for the big wave? Um, I know me and my friends are talking about trying to like try to do a little Jaws mission this winter yeah unlike like last winter there was a day where it was probably like 20 feet and like glassy mm -hmm. which is like kind of small for jaws yeah i think they, they, call, been like, out there, they call it baby jaws <laughs> and it's still massive. yeah yeah like maybe <laughs> maybe getting like a baby jaws day just to like get our foot in the door um definitely trying to paddle some big waves this winter on oahu yeah and then uh i really like sunset sunset beach i've kind of like fell in love with that wave this past winter and it's like mm -hmm. it's such a hard wave to surf but I really love it. So probably just surfing there a lot and um, trips between the islands with my friends like Maui and Kauai. I like to go over for a few days and just hang out with them and surf, surf those waves on those islands. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, 
Very cool. And then the longboard stuff, like I, I, you're ripping. Like I've, I've seen you. Obviously, I oh, follow, you on, follow you on Insta. You. And um, like you're almost putting up more longboard clips than the foiling stuff, which I love the well-rounded approach because that's I, I sort of I try to do that too. I probably have sort of I'm down the foiling rabbit hole at the moment, but um, I, I sort of see surf foiling <laughs> and downwind foiling like sort of as two different beasts, like two different disciplines. And then like I still sort of sub surf and I paddle my stand up too, surf bigger waves when it's like just prone when it's when it's on but um looks like you're like ripping on the longboard and i know there's a bit of a um a longboard scene like are there many competitions you're looking at for longboarding or are you just free surfing and enjoying that well the whole longboard thing is a product of my environment i grew up in waikiki it's like to surf you just surf a longboard like there's no like really shortboarding just because like the waves don't really provide yeah that for every day so that's like that. And really like the longboarding thing I took so seriously as a kid, but now I'm just like, whatever, like mm-hmm. I surfed my longboard this morning twice already. Like we have a South swell right now. It's pretty fun. Yeah. And, um, I, I just enjoy it. It feels good to surf. I like, I like how it feels. And, uh, it's, it's just fun where the, all like the competition, the money right now is like all with like my friends who are on billabong and like teenagers surfing shortboards, yeah. traveling the world. But, there's like the longboarding thing is kind of taking off right now with WSL and they have more events and yeah, there's like pretty, there's, there's definitely some money in it right now, but with school, it's just like, you have to be all in and really all the guys on the longboard world tour right now are just like doing that. There's no, like, they're not like foiling. They're not like surfing shortboards. Like that's what they do. And like, they're really good at it. But for me, I've kind of fallen behind in that just because like doing a bunch of other ocean sports, yeah and it's just like i'm not i'm not mainly focused on that it's like i'm gonna go shortboard tonight just to switch it up and it's like kind of just riding everything right now yeah Yeah. i I respect that i think i think you've sort of nailed it there it's like um to to be competing you kind of have to go like like all in on that and, and 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 not do anything else and that's not always like for me, that doesn't really sit right because what if conditions are no good for longboarding and it's epic for foiling, yeah. you know? Or or what if it's no good for longboarding and it's good for shortboarding? Like you're gonna sort of you sort of have to get out in the longboard if you're competing on longboard all the time. Yeah, I mean, also about like the content right now. It's like I've just been surfing a lot and getting a lot of stuff. But the other thing is like with the downwind stuff, it's like the GoPro is cool to like bring on the GoPro or bring the GoPro on the downwind, but it's like, you can only do it like so many times where it gets old. Yeah. So I'm trying to like try new angles or like try to do like talking while I'm on the downwind or like show more gear. I don't know if anyone wants to give me, give me advice or tips, like just DM me, but it's like trying to figure out like what to put out there and what's like new that someone hasn't done, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's um, the the social stuff is tricky. It's a balancing act because you do too too much of one thing and people are like, oh, this again, they scroll past. Um, Actually, so you you said for Maui to Molokai, you had like film crew and everything. And I I was going to ask when you were talking about it, but um, is is there like a plan for like a big, sort of like a little doco or like a little mini mini film or is it just bits and pieces that you're going to sort of drip feed? I mean, I've just posted like little reels here and there of uh, the... Yes, like cinematic footage that we got. Yeah. But Annie Reichert, Annie Star on Instagram. Yeah. Um, little, little does the world know, but she's a underground talented video guru. Like she loves to edit videos and 
like all her edits as well as my edits on my Instagram, I, I make them all. Yeah. But like all of Annie's edits are made by her. Uh-huh. So she's really into it. And Matt Elsasser gave her the opportunity to make like whatever she wanted. Like, so I think really, like, I don't really know, like the storyboard is all hers. And it's like, we shot like some stuff the week before. And I think she has an idea to make like a little, like five minute, maybe like mini film. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not entirely sure. It's a work in progress still. And, okay. So I'll, I'll have to hassle Annie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll have to ask Annie. She, I, who knows if she's even doing it? Maybe she's just surfing, but yeah. eventually it will make its way out to the public. I, I, I don't know what's going on with it. Yeah. No, nah, cool. Very, but, very. but she's so talented that she's, I'm sure she's going to make something amazing. Yeah. No, I, I don't, I don't doubt. I'm, yeah. Annie's a, Annie's a legend. And as you said, very talented. Um, uh, actually, one more question. Uh, Julian asked, he, he said that you, you're riding the longer mast. Um, and he said, yeah. that you, he said you don't fall much. So does that play a part in it? And and I guess he, I think he's using a shorter mast. So like what length mast are you using and, and why? Yeah, I think like I don't foil much. I guess he's getting on like the fact that like maybe if I foiled like every day down when you would get the feel of like a shorter mast. And like really for me, I look at it as how much error mm. can you like spare? Yeah. For me, I just put the long mast on there just to like, so I don't fall, so I don't breach. Yeah. I don't want to like, like, I really don't feel that much of a difference between like the shorter one. Mm-hmm. But like, I've only tried it a few times, but I really like, it doesn't, affect my pop-up too much to the fact where i'm like oh i need the short mast but also like i don't want to breach yeah so you're using the like, 32 inch mast is that yeah and yeah, he's so and he's centimeters yeah and he's talking he's on about a 70 yeah 28 inch gotcha yeah so yeah so, that's i mean interesting it, yeah i mean i just like i don't know i just like to use it it, it works i'm not like really nitty-gritty about the mass stuff yeah. honestly when people talk about flex like matt like oh this mass is so stiff it's so good i'm like okay yeah, like i kind of know what that means but like not really <laughs> <laughs> i think you're probably like, a, little, I, a little like me it's like you just sort of use the one thing and 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 kind of make it work and you get so used to it and so dialed in it's like well yeah this is what i use and it's like i haven't yeah, tried I mean, the shorter one that much <laughs> lift sends stock year to my door and i just ride it that's like really i'm not like everyone sees like the the greg stuber or amundsen tail adapters with your cane tail and your extender like i i I tried it all but it's like i really don't need it like i think lift honestly like i mean i don't know about like the other like axis i haven't tried axis i haven't tried um i've tried cabrino once and then uh but like for the foils that we ride here everyone rides either um takuma cabrina or lift mm-hmm. and out of those three foils i think lift is great because like you could send a foil to your doorstep open it and ride it straight out the box and it's crip where like the takuma you gotta like buy the freaking shim and then you gotta like buy the new tail then you gotta like yeah shim it this way shim it that way oh double shim like yeah you gotta do all this shit to it where it's like i just want the foil to ride like i don't care that much yeah. you know <laughs> I I completely resonate with you, but there are a lot of people that are like into the shimming and the tuning the gear, and I I guess that there is there is something in that, but like 
I, I think you sort of nailed it when you said, oh, you're, you're writing lots of craft and, and you're happy sort of just, just yeah. dipping your toe in all the different sports. And, and um, I, I think it's, I, I'm with you there. And, and I've started to explore a bit of the tuning stuff with the Axis gear and obviously writing GoFall before that, it's like plug and play. And it's like, yeah, it works. Like, yeah, it's, it's fun. Like it's, it's all working, but it's um, there. I, I do believe there is something and Kane is probably the best example of it. Kane is like the, the professor <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he's tuned every little bit and piece and designed and tweaked. And, um, and I, I hope all his work sort of gets, you know, put into practice so that everyone can sort of benefit from it but there are definitely there there are people in the foiling world who are so techy and like nerd out on it all and then there's others that more like yourself that's like yeah just yeah like got it out of the box i put it together and i went <laughs> yeah i mean i guess for me if i'm doing a race i do get it a little technical about it like what what's what but really every day if i'm just going off with my friends i don't like doesn't matter that much to me as long as i'm enjoying but the thing about can just and we can end it here but um i don't want to share too much and i don't know too much either but he is going to release basically everything he's been working on yeah and is like he has his own little company going but like no one knows about it yeah i forget what the name is but um he's making foils of course and paddles and i think hopefully boards but uh i'm not too sure when he's going to release it. you're going to have to talk to him but yeah i have a feeling he might drop in the next year or so the most expensive foil and the best foil in the yeah. foiling world yeah so I, he did mention it last time that. last yeah. time i spoke to him he's like yeah he, he was going to relaunch it in hood river he said but obviously i haven't heard anything but um yeah he's i don't doubt it and um it's cool that you get to go to maui and sort of sort of see all the stuff he's working on too yeah i mean it's a one-man show too like he doesn't have like business partners or like design partners it's literally like him he lives at home with his parents and just like is like just like just regular guy yeah but little do you know he's just like so successful with design mm. so yeah he's gonna he's gonna drop a banger soon and so be on the lookout for that yeah awesome well well thanks so much for your time jack it sounds like there's a south swell there yeah, so yeah, i won't thanks, take up James. too much of your time um but um yeah it's been cool to get a bit of insight and good good to catch up with you and hopefully i can get over there in um 2023 get some runs in with you yeah thanks it's, it's always nice talking to you i love catching up with people who are just as enthusiastic as i am about the sport and uh especially with the Dowin stuff so i mean you're obviously the man on instagram when it comes into the Dowin world and uh it's always a nice time chatting so thank you yeah. and aloha everybody yeah Cheers, mate. Thanks for the time and um, you know, to get you on again soon. But um, enjoy the winter and enjoy that south swell. Right on. See you, everybody. Catch up.